We're starting a brand new series today called Legacy. So excited to, to kick this off. Be sharing a little bit of, a, of our story as a church. If you're new here to OSC, first off, welcome to our Savior's Church. You'll, you'll see a connect card in the seat pocket at the front. We'd love for you to fill that out. Let us know you're, you're here with us and so excited to have you. But today you've come for a very special weekend. It's kind of, it's kind of a family meeting, but you got to get a sneak peek into our family today, which is a good opportunity for you to kind of hear a little bit of where we come from and where we're going as a church. <clears throat> and so, how many know our best days are still ahead of us? They're still ahead of us. They're still ahead of us. we got some great days that are ahead. But I'm going to share a little bit. I'm going to go in kind of a little story mode in just a little bit and kind of share a little bit of our history. But uh, do you ever, let me ask you this question. Do you ever think about your funeral? Do you, do you ever, are any people in here ever think about your funeral? I, I think about it sometimes. Like, what are people going to say, you know? What, who, who's who's going to be there, you know? Are they really only going to be concerned about the food after my funeral? Because we know that's really, I mean, that's the only reason you really go to the funeral. You pay respects and like, where's the food? Where are we eating? Come on, you know, after we die, people just go, next? Oftentimes, um, we're, just, we're just not that important. But I, I think about that. I think about that day. I think about what that'll be like. I mean, I, I won't be here, but um, I, I think about, here's, here's the question that I, that I process through. How will I be remembered? How will I be remembered? I think that's a big question to ask. And I think for many of us, we don't really want to ask that question or even think about funeral because, you know, we don't want to go there. But can I just go ahead and let you in on something? You're going to die. Welcome to our Savior's Church. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care. Listen, I don't care if you eat keto, you know, you're in ketosis, or if you eat kale, you're still going to be dying with a bad taste in your mouth. Okay, so I just, <laughs> I choose to have Popeyes in my mouth when I die. So no, I'm joking. I'll just go there a lot quicker. But it don't matter what you do. Come on, how many of you know death's coming? It's coming. You're, you're, you're going to die more today than you did yesterday. I mean, it's, it's, you're, we're getting closer, um, and it's not something to be scared of by any means. Uh, it's going to be an incredible day, hopefully, and, and uh, you know, we don't know when that's going to happen. Could be soon for some of us, could be a long time for many of us, but I, I think there's something about when we think about it that it changes the way that we live right now. And, and this idea of legacy, what we're talking about in this series, is, is, is a big deal, and I, I think it has a lot to do with the conversations that are going to happen at our funeral and beyond our funeral. Let me give you a working definition of legacy. If you got some notes, I'm going, to, I'm going to give you a couple notes today. This isn't a real heavy note message, but there are a couple things that I'm going to share with you today. Legacy is the future without you, but still influenced by you. Legacy is the future without you, but still influenced by you. How many of you have an iPhone? Anybody in here have an iPhone or a Mac or an iPad or anything like that? Yeah. That, that, that is Steve Jobs' legacy. It's his legacy. It still impacts you today, but he's not here today. And that was his legacy. Technology industry has totally changed because of what he did in his life. And all of us in here have an opportunity to make a legacy, to have a legacy, to leave a legacy. But I want you to hear me very closely in here. In order to leave a legacy, you gotta live a legacy. People who live a legacy leave one that they're glad that they left. So I want to show you a, a, a verse today. This kind of kind of be our theme verse for this whole series. And it's found in Psalms. Look at Psalms chapter 112, verse 5 and 6. It says, good will come to him who is, everybody say that word, generous. Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. Now watch this. Here we go. Surely he will never be shaken and a righteous man will be 
remembered forever. A righteous man will be remembered forever. This verse tells us that your life matters. My life matters. And, and, and really a part of our life is to discover why we're on this planet and make sure that we're leveraging it for all that God has for us. See, uh, here's something else I want you to write down. Legacy is not about making a name. It's about making a difference. It's not about making a name. So when we talk about legacy, it's not about making a name for yourself. It's about making a difference in this world. And that's what we really want to do. How many in here want to make a difference? Y'all want to make a difference with somebody? Okay, not just a difference just for you and for your family, but you want to make a difference in other people's lives. And if you follow our follower of Jesus in any form, I think that's our prayer, that's our desire, is that our life would matter. Our life would make a difference in people's lives. And so this legacy idea is, is, is birthed out of this, this fact that we're not going to be here, that, that life's short. We want to make sure that when we're done on earth, that we are still influencing what happens after it. And so that's really been kind of the story of our church. How many of you remember... Um, Back to the Future. How many of you used to like Back to the Future? Any Back to the Future fans? Come on, McFly, McFly. Okay, we love Back to the Future. I love Back to the Future uh, movies. And so I want you to imagine just for a moment, we're going to get into that DeLorean and we're going to go back. We're going to go back, go back, go back about 20 years or so. 20 years ago, this church did not exist. This church was not here. Pastor Jacob, who's, who over, who's one of our overseers for our church and, and runs Our Savior's Church in Lafayette and Broussard and Opelousas and all the churches they have in that area, started a men's Bible study at a car dealership right here in Jennings. It was on a Friday morning at 6 a.m., ungodly hours. And uh, I'm joking. And, uh, and, and he had a men's Bible study there, and it started to grow. And out of that men's Bible study started this passion inside of him that we really need to have a church we need to have a church. And so, for those that don't know, Pastor Bubba, our senior pastor at that time, was Pastor Bubba's associate pastor. He sat down with Pastor Bubba at, over lunch and said, man, I'm really excited about what God's doing in Jennings. We need a church there. And Pastor Bubba said, yeah, we really do. And Pastor Jacob looked at him and said, you the man. And he said, well, what do you want me to do? He said, just get over there and love people and preach and <laughs> get it. And for those that don't know, we started our church in the Holiday Inn here in Jennings. Come on, how many, every great thing comes out of Holiday Inn, right? <laughs> and so we, there was a little conference room, a small conference room over there at the Holiday Inn. Right next to it at that time was a Denny's. How many remember that? Who was here in those times? Remember the Denny's there? Yeah, come on. And so there's a Denny's right next to there. And so I love coming to Jennings because I would go, you go have church, and then you get you some Denny's right after. And uh, we had our church right there in the conference room, but it wasn't anything fancy, not at all. There was a bar right across, right across the hallway to us. They had country music playing half of the time while we were preaching. Uh, crazy things were happening. We had children's church in the hotel rooms. How I many know that wouldn't fly today? <laughs> Be calling the police on that one. But we weren't the smartest, but we had a passion, a passion to reach people and a passion to build lives. And... And Pastor Bubba and Miss Tracy just planted seed and loved people and plowed and plowed and plowed and loved people and got that church to about 30 or so people and we just came to a place where we really needed to find our own place. We got, <clears throat> they, they hiked the prices way too high where we couldn't pay for it so we had to start church on the move. We, we met in barns and we met in conference rooms. We met in houses. We met all over the place and, 
And we told the church at that time, and I, I had come in at that time to, to help with whatever was needed. And I remember Pastor Bubba sitting in a service with us like this, but only about 30 of us, so maybe about this little area right here. And he says, we got to have a home. Like, we need a home. We got to figure this out. And so this property that we're on right now became available. It was the old Columbia Gulf building. And uh, they said, we'll give it to you for $100,000. And, uh, and it needed a whole bunch of other upgrades and 30,000 plus more. So we needed $130,000. And can I tell you, in six weeks with 30 people, we raised $130,000 in six weeks. Come on, somebody. That's powerful. Powerful. And so we moved here. And, and we thought, man, we hit the jackpot. You know, that front building was, you know, it, it wasn't nice, but it was ours. <laughs> And if you've ever been in that building where, the, where our kids meet, like, you know, the little worship center area was tiny, T-tiny. The bathroom was right there. Nobody went to the bathroom during service. Because you'd be like, I got to go. Where's the bathroom? Right there. You would open the door into the sanctuary as you came out. I mean, no, everybody held it that, when we met there. Kids ministry was off to the side. You could hear your kids crying right next door to you because it literally was right next door to you. That was in the old school days when we had transparencies. Come on, who's back old school church days and had transparencies? I remember those. They printed the lyrics on a sheet of translucent paper and put it under a light and projected it onto a screen. I mean, we were high tech, fancy stuff back in those days. Had a guy that only had four fingers running the transparencies. People were counting one, two, three, four. Where's his other finger? What's going on here? He's moving. Then we upgraded. We upgraded to flat screen TVs, not the one that how nowadays, but we, we thought we were big time. We upgraded to those flat screen TVs that are like three feet deep. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Weighs 972 pounds. Come on, how many remember those? Maybe some of y'all still got those TVs. Okay. We thought we were a big deal, but yet again, just a passion. We're going to love people. We're going to love people. We're going to reach people. We're going to reach people. And, you know, we, we probably got up to 60, 70 people at that time. Felt like, man, we got to get a bigger place. And there was a, this, this building right here was actually just a warehouse. The, the, where you walk into here was just a warehouse. It was just a shell. That's all it was. So we, we got that small core group of 70, 80 people and, uh, and begin to raise money to build out a new worship center. So the foyer that you were in was the next stage. That was our church for a while. We met in that little space there as well. Those double doors that are right there was the back of the stage. And we met there. How many of you were here during that stage? How many here? Raise your hand. Wow. How many of you were here when we were in the back building? Raise your hand. Yeah. We kept six of y'all. Good. Okay. All right. So, <laughs> so we're working. Hopefully we'll keep more of y'all as we grow. And so we, I mean, we're just faithful days. It wasn't pretty, wasn't fancy, but we just love Jesus. Love people, love Jesus, love people, love Jesus. And that's what we did. And, and in 2007, it was time for us. We really needed to, to add on to this place and, and build, build what you're in now. But Pastor Bubba got a phone call from a lady and said, hey, I heard y'all want to start a church in Eunice. Now, he had never told anybody that he wanted to start a church in Eunice. We don't know how she actually ever found out. She just said, I have a hair salon, and if you'd want to use my hair salon as your church, you can come on over. So Pastor Bubba, being the genius that he is, said, sounds good to me. <laughs> so Sunday nights, we started traveling. We'd do church Sunday mornings here. Sunday nights, we would travel with 
five or six of us and go over there and we did a Bible study over there on Sunday nights, a little small group, and, 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 and met in that salon. Pastor Bubba said, we need to get a building. So we found a building right on Highway 190, which is the current building that our Eunice campus is in. We bought that building, renovated it in six weeks, opened up our first service after six months of meeting there, opened up our first service and had 280 people at our first service. How I many know God was in that? We weren't smart enough, but God was in it. <clears throat> and so we began for the next three years the process of having a 9 a.m. service in Jennings, an 11 a.m. service in Eunice. If, for those that don't know, I used to, be, I used to lead our worship team. <clears throat> yeah, I did. And so I did that for a while. And so we would do 9 a.m. service. I would get done on the worship team. I would have all of the worship team hop into my Tahoe. We'd load all of the instruments in it, and I would jet out to Eunice to be there before the 11 o'clock service to lead worship there. Can I tell you how many tickets I got on Highway 26? <laughs> and can I tell you, cops don't care if you're going to church. <laughs> Derek, where were you at? I needed you at that moment. And so I, it, we... That was just it. That's what we did for a long time. Pastor Bubba would preach there and we'd do worship there and we, we would kind of try to pastor both locations. No one was living in Eunice at that time. But yet again, we weren't smart, but we just trusted God and loved God and that's what we did. And you fast forward a number of years and we did that. We finally in 2010 planted Pastor Jamie and Cheryl, who are our campus pastors there now. And and they stayed there, and we said, okay, we can't do this anymore. We need to stay here. We'll plant y'all there. End of 2010, we, needed a, we were in that foyer, reaching about 120, 130 people, and felt like, man, we need to get a bigger place. So we got together with those people that we had and said, hey, we want to build this worship center that you're in right now, but we want to do it cash. We feel like if God wants us to have this, then we're going we're gonna to do this together. And we did it. And what you're sitting in right now was paid cash by our people in our church. Come on, how many are thankful for cash? How many wish, <laughs> how many wish you didn't have debt? <laughs> Anybody in here? Yeah, we want to pay. And so we did. And we just trusted God and believed God. 2014 came around and we said, man, we need to, we feel like God's really calling us to be a church that continues to reach people. But it's not just in Jeff Davis Parish. Like we're called to be a regional church. It's always been on Pastor Bubba's heart that we would be a regional church that reaches beyond just our own parish and our own city. So 2014, we launched the Reach Project, which is an opportunity for us to extend our reach and start our Crowley campus. We started our Crowley campus in the Rice Theater and the first Sunday in the Rice Theater. They had over 300 people for their first service at the Rice Theater. Our church at that time here in Jennings was about 180 people. We sent 40 people over there. So Jennings went down to 140 to start Crowley. But last weekend, Crowley celebrated their fourth year and had over 350 people at the Crowley Cinema last week and baptized 32 people last Sunday. Come on, somebody. <clears throat> and you and I and our church funded all of that, still do to some degree, and, and, and we sent our resources and our finances over there because we realize it's not just about us and what we need. We need, we need to get th other things out. And by the way, can I tell you, there will be future campuses that come in the coming years all around this area. I'm not going to tell you where those are yet, because I don't know. And so, <laughs> but they're coming. I got some ideas, but they're, they're, they're brewing. They're brewing. I can't share them yet. But we're going to have more campuses in the coming years. That fast forward now, four years later, 2018, in 2004, 
I mean, uh, 2014, we were about 140, 150, 180 people just kind of ranged based off of who went to Crowley and not. And the last four years, listen to me, this is all God. And the last four years, we've gone from 180 to 800 people that currently call OSC Jennings home. <laughs> Powerful. Here's the best part. You ready? Save your clap for this one. In 2018, this year only, 10 months, we have seen 603 salvations in 2018. Come on, somebody. That's powerful. I mean, no, we're not praying for revival. We're in one. And we are standing. I'm standing right now on a stage that I didn't build. We're reaping a harvest that many of us did not reap, or I mean, sow. There were Pastor Bell, Miss Tracy, and many other people, a lot of those that were here in, in all of those other buildings and other stages, sowed their finances, their talent, their treasure, their giftings, because they believed in you. And they saw you. And, and, and this is what God is doing. And so that, that leads me to where we're at right now as a church in this moment. We're in yet another historic moment as a church and it's not surprising to me that Pastor Bubba is struggling in his health and many of our people are struggling in a lot of areas right now. It's because the devil doesn't like what's going on right now. But how many know we're going to keep tanking ground? I'm going to plunder heaven. We're going to populate. I'm going to plunder hell and populate heaven. We're going to keep going after it. And so let me show you where we're at. I'm gonna, I want to tell you where we're at right now. And then, and then I'm going to share some scriptures and we're going to be done. We're, we're calling this kind of next stage of things that we're doing, calling our legacy project. So this legacy series is all about sharing the vision and the dream of where we're going as a church and how you can be a part of what God is doing here and beyond. First project that we have that's coming up, of course, is we're going to finish our kids' building. We are going to finish our kids' building. Who serves in OSC Kids in here? Raise your hand. We love you. Thank you so much. So much. So much. And everybody who did not clap, write their name down and tell them they can't put their kids in OSC Kids anymore. Mm -mm, denied. You didn't clap. Denied. You are phenomenal. Because you are working in conditions right now that are no, not the most ideal. For those that don't know, in this service, this 930 service, 8 a.m. we'll have about 180 people. But in this service at 930, we'll have close to 350 people which means our kids go from like 30 kids to like 102 kids in this service in that tiny building over there. Tiny building over there. And they do it with a smile on their face. And so here's, here's where we're at, 102. Thank you, Tony, he just told me 102. There's 102 kids right now in that building over there. They need a bigger space. The new space that we're building right now We've already paid cash for, and this week, the AC is on. It's blowing all up in there. AC's on. Come on. We don't even need toilets. Just, let's just move in. Okay, let's just go. And so it's on. We, we've already, because of your generosity, we've already raised almost close to $400,000 to build all of that cash. Everything there is paid for. And, and so it's incredible and exciting to see where we're at. We've got to finish that. That's got to get done soon. It's got to get done. Second thing is, is over the last couple of weeks, because we've been growing like crazy, um, our parking is, is terrible. So we're going to add some more parking. That's the next project that we're going to work on. Somebody. Yeah. So let me, show you, let me show you what we're currently working with. This is our current parking. We can park about 140 cars. Two weekends ago in the 930 service, we had 183 cars. So the parkers are like, where do you want to put the other 40? I'm like, anywhere. 
big O's, it don't matter. I mean, we'll just go all over. Come on. <laughs> so, hey, we'll, we'll listen. It's awesome. So let me show you what's going to happen. So this is where we're going next. We're going to add another 60 more cars at least extend our entire parking all the way to the edge of where we're coming out right now, which will give us well over 200, 200 plus parking spots. And here's what I want you to hear. I want you to listen to me very closely. When you think about cars, and I want you to think about cars, I want you to think about people, because there's people in those cars, and there's families in those cars, and those family, because they now have a parking spot, can get into this room, and they can meet Jesus in this room. Y'all hear me now? And so, a couple of weeks ago, we had, a, we had a family drive in with their car, couldn't find a spot, and drove out. And I said, that's not happening again. We're not doing that. Valet their car. Figure it out. We've got to, we can't have this. So this is, a, this is, a, this is not just a, a convenience. This is a priority. And on top of this, we're going to get one of the really, really nice limo golf, court, golf carts to drive you ladies around so you don't have to get all your high heels all up in those shoes. All y'all ladies were like, I'll pay for that right now. That's a, just let me know. So, so we're going we're gonna to be doing that. What I'm really excited, though, is we're also going to do one more big thing. And this has been a shift. that We've been working towards this really for the last couple of months, but it's something that's been on our heart for a while. And as many of you know, it's, people are less and less thinking that church is a place that they need to go to. There is a, a recent survey that came out that two out of ten millennials believe that church attendance is important. We're living in a generation now. How many remember back in the day, like, you didn't even have an option. Like, you went to church. Like, it's what you did. Like, nowadays, people are like, ah, do I want to go? Do I not want to go? There's sports. There's activities. There's camping. There's just so many other things that are going on. And, and, and church attendance is just not a big deal uh, to people anymore. And so for us, though, we want to continue to reach more people. And so we said, okay, you know what? If, if people aren't going to come to us, we're going to go to them. We're going to find a way to get to people. So... In the near future, the next project that we're working on is we are going to start live streaming all of our services on the internet for every person to see. So now, when your kid has a fever, you can still go to church. When you gotta leave and go on vacation, you can still go to church. When you got that coworker that doesn't wanna come to your church, you go, watch this service, he's really not that weird. So you can send it to him. They can watch a service finally, a full service, and experience church before they walk into the church. Now let me say this though. I'm not gonna go live streaming if you don't show up here anymore because now you're watching it online. I will cut that stream so fast. Okay, so it is a supplement to let people hear about what God's doing here. How many of you have found out a lot about what God's doing here through Facebook or social media or some other form? Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, we have people that are coming because of what God is doing through that. So we're gonna start live streaming on Facebook and on YouTube and all these other avenues. We're gonna start getting it out to there because how many know the Great Commission is not about people coming to us, it's about us going to them. So we're gonna start doing that. That's one of the things that we're gonna do. So I want to show you, in our, in our short time that we have left together, I want to show you the last part of this verse, Psalms 112, verse 6. I want to show you in your notes. How do we go about doing some of this as a church family? Because this is a defining moment for us as a church. Psalms 112, verse 6 says, A righteous man will be remembered forever. That a righteous man... Now, we're not talking about fame. We're not talking about notoriety. We're talking about that, that we're, we want to be a people that make our lives matter. 
And I love what Francis Chan, he's an incredible writer and speaker and a pastor. Watch what he says. Our greatest fear should not be a failure, but of succeeding at things in life that don't really matter. And God, I think that's so important for our day and age. That there are so many people right now that are succeeding in life, but at things that don't matter. I did a funeral a couple months back, and it's amazing what you hear at funerals. Because you really find out how someone made a difference based off of what people say at their funerals. And here was the number one thing that this family said. There's a number of people that came up and said things about this person. And here was the number one thing. He loved the saints. I was like, well, that's good. I love the saints too. And that was it. They went on and on and on about how much he loved the saints. Now, here's a question that I posed. Do the saints know him? Like, that was his legacy. I'm thinking, that's great, man. I love the saints. We're going to pray for them today. We need a win. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to watch it. But I hope that's not my legacy. I hope I don't give my life to something that really honestly doesn't matter. Because how many know right now, state of Louisiana is in a state of mourning after last night? Okay. Like, there's some people here in church. You're going to come up after the end of service because you need prayer. Because of some of the things that you said last night at that TV screen. You know that's true, too. You know it's true. You were coaching them up way better than you thought Coach O was. And so, but listen, I love football. I love sports. I, I love it. And I think you should, too. But I don't want that to be what I'm known for. Are y'all with me? I want my life to, to matter. And so I'm, I want to give you three things that I think, honestly, if you were at my funeral, which one day there's going to be my funeral, that I would hope these are the three things that people say about me. And I hope these are the three things that people say about us. I hope when people talk about our church, I hope these three things come up. And so I, I called this weekend Vision Weekend because I want to just cast vision as to what the heart of this house is. And it really hasn't changed over the last 18 years. It started like this with Pastor Bob and Ms. Tracy. It's going to continue to be like this with me and beyond. And when I die, the next person that takes it, hopefully they'll carry the same heartbeat. Let me tell you what matters. Number one is that we love God passionately. I don't want to be known as just a man who loved saints. I want to be a man who knows that they, I love God. This is what scripture says, Colossians chapter 1, verse 16, for everything. Everybody say everything. everything. Absolutely everything, above and below, visible and invisible. Everything got started in him. And guess what? Everything finds its purpose in him. You were created on purpose for a purpose. And it was all around him. And your life is miserable when you're the center of your universe. So we want to love God. I want to love God. I, want, I pray when people leave spending time with me, whether that you had lunch with me or you were at my house or you were around me, that they would say, man, I don't know a lot about that guy, but man, he loves God. He loves God. I love what this verse says. This, look what this verse. Jesus said to his followers, go where? Everywhere. Go everywhere in the world and let's tell the good news to everyone. Listen to me closely. There is so much bad news on the news. How many know our world is craving good news? Yeah. 
Good news. And the beauty of this is, is that everywhere you go, there's always bad news. Whether it's at your job or your neighborhood or your school or wherever. Everybody's got bad news. People got bad news. You're not, here's the great thing, though. You get to bring good news everywhere that you go. How awesome is that? That however bad it may be around you, that I get to always show up and say, hey, I got some good news. Jesus loves you. He's for you. He's with me. He can work in this situation. This is what, this is what we want to be known for, is that, that we go everywhere. We tell everyone about the good news. This is what we want to do. Number two is that we serve others selflessly. We serve others selflessly. Matthew 20, verse 26 says, whoever wants to become great among you must be your what? Okay, so if you want to be great, here's Jesus, this is how he says it. You got to be a servant. Whoever wants to be first has got to be a what? A slave. Tell that to your kids when they're fighting over who gets the pizza. All right, so you're going to have to be the slave. Okay, so watch. Just as the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. Listen to me closely. Everything God has given you, your personality, your giftings, your talents, your treasure, your time, your experiences, your successes, your failures, are all lent to you. They're, you're borrowing those. Your body, borrowed. God has called all of us to be stewards of what he's given us. Your children, stewards. So here's the question. Will I steward everything God has given me for myself or for him and others? That's the big question. And I pray, if you want your life to matter, it's got to be less about you and more about him and what he wants to do through you. Listen to me closely. I'm on the dream team just like all of you are. I'm just doing my role. And many of you are doing your role. Thank God for those guys that are out there parking in those crazy weather and telling you, hey, come on right here. And you're like, why is he smiling? It's because he loves God and he loves you. And he sees, each one of those people see that they have a part to play in you experiencing God. It's bigger than parking. It's bigger than coffee. There's nothing more boring than sitting at a door and passing out notes. Here's your note. Here's your note. Here's your note. There's nothing fun about that. But when it's attached to something that's eternal, when it's attached to the fact that I'm giving somebody an opportunity to hear God's word and take notes and write that down and then they'll go this week and maybe go back to it and God will speak to them and I've got a part to play. How many of you know now it's got a purpose? Are y'all with me? It's got a purpose. And God says, man, you need to serve others. Give yourself to others. That what I'm a part of is bigger than the part that I play. But we've all got a part to play. That, this is why we talk about next step all the time. Getting plugged into next step. Finding what your purpose is. Discover what your purpose is. Use your purpose. There's so many people living purposeless. And we want to, as a church, come alongside of you and find out. You know, the two most important days are the day you're born and the day you find out why. And more people know about the first one and celebrate the first one, but they don't understand the second one. And you won't experience the real life that God has for you until you'll understand why he put you on this earth. Because life is fast. And it's about serving and being a blessing to those around you. Number three is to live life generously. Psalms 112 verse 9 says this, They share freely and give 
generously to those in need, their good deeds will be what? Remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. Now watch this. This is cool. John Maxwell said this, and I thought it was, if this is a time to take a picture of a quote. This is it. And you want to tweet it, quote it. This is a great one. Everyone that passes through life, take something and leave something. Be sure to leave more than you take. Say, everyone, all of us that pass through life, we're going to take something, we're going to leave something. We just want to make sure that we're leaving way more than we're taking. And that's what legacy is all about. It's about us having influence even after we're gone. That, that what we're leaving is greater. What we're leaving is greater. That the kingdom of God is always built on all of us doing our part. That it says that they shared freely, that they gave generously, that they lived a life that was remembered forever. And listen, I, I want you to hear me on this. When it talks about generosity, many people are like, oh man, it's always about money. No, it's not. Living generous has nothing to do with money. Generosity is a heart. Are y'all with me? Like, you know people that don't have money but are extremely generous. And you know people that have a lot of money that aren't generous. It's not about money. It's about a posture of the heart. And God never tells you to give something that you don't have. He's only telling you to be generous with what he's given you. So the successes that he, you've had, share those. Do you know that one of the greatest, most generous things that you can do is share your story? Most people don't realize that's a gift to people. Share your story. Share your failures. How I many know that's the greatest gift for those that are older? How I many know that's the greatest gift we give the next generation is the things that we shouldn't have done that they don't need to repeat? Don't be stupid. Don't do that. And then that, that's a way that we are generous to those that are around us. But we, we do it in so many different areas. And I pray, I pray, listen to me closely. I pray that our church continues to remain extremely generous. I just got a report this week, a financial report, and we do, we, you know, we break it up based off of personnel and our ministry expenses, and then we have a category that's just missions. <clears throat> and we tell you all the time, like, hey, we tithe off of your tithe. So the 10% you give us, we give 10% of that away. Well, <clears throat> they came and told me, you can't say that anymore. I'm like, why? They said, because we don't give 10%. I said, are you serious? How much do we give? 17% away. I said, okay, well then we almost double tithe away. How many know we want more of it to go out of it than staying here? We need to be a, a generous people. We want to continually live a generous, generous life. So with the projects that we have that's going on, and I, I want to share this and then I'm going I'm to wrap up with the story. With the projects that we have going on, the three projects, finish the kids building, want to add more parking, want to start streaming our services. I want to show you what I'm calling the God gap which is that we come to another moment as a church where we, as a church family, have a moment where we can move the mission forward of what God wants to do here. And I wanna show you where we're at. So our kids building is $140,000 left and we are in, so close. And I wanna say thank you to all those who have given to that. You've given over almost close to 400,000 for that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <clears throat> More parking. Streaming our services, which gives us a gap of 200,000. This is where we're at. Now, here's where my faith got really big. Because 18 years ago, 30 people got together and raised $130,000 in six weeks. And I go, and now we got 800. I wonder how much we could do now. Now, I want you to hear me on this. 
We will only build at the speed of your generosity. We are not under any pressure right now. That kid's building can sit there for two more years and it'll be fine. I don't want it to, do you? <laughs> so we're gonna continue to do that. We have no debt that we have to worry about. We're not, we're not, we're, there's no pressure. So I'm telling you this, there's no pressure, but I just think we can make this, if we make this happen faster, how many know we can reach more people? Add more space for kids, add more space for parking, start streaming our services so people can see it and they can come here. This is where we're at as a church. And on December 2nd, I want you to just mark this day down. It's five weeks away. December 2nd is gonna be our legacy offering weekend. We're not gonna do a full-on campaign. I'm not doing pledges. I'm not doing all that stuff. I'm gonna say on December 2nd, we're gonna come together and we're gonna give what God is telling us to give. And I believe that we can do this with God's help. Anybody in here believe that we can make this happen? I believe we can, make, I believe we can go above and beyond. And let me tell you, if we go above and beyond, I'm gonna tell you right now, our Crowley campus needs a, needs a home. We had so many other opportunities. How many know we're gonna need a new worship center? I mean, we only do four or five services. I mean, I'm gonna die. So we got, we're gonna have to get a, new, a bigger place. There's other things, other projects. Come on, new campuses on the, on the horizon. But this, is, this is what God has called us to do. And we're going we're gonna to pay it cash. Come on, how many glad we pay it cash? We're going to pay it cash. We're going to believe God. We're going to trust the Lord. This is where it's at. Now, you may ask me this question, why does this matter? Why is legacy so important? I want to show you. If you got saved, you got born again in this house, in church, at, at, at our Savior's church in the last year, I want you to stand. Within the last year, if you got saved within the last year, I want you to stand. If you got saved within the last two years in this church, I want you to stand. Last three years, I want you to stand. Last four years, I want you to stand. And last five years, I want you to stand. Anybody? Hey, this is why it matters right here. This is why it matters right here. This is why it matters. You can be seated. This is why we do what we do. And the, the incredible part that I get is I know the stories behind most of these people that stood up and where they were and what God did. <clears throat> and I want to share this last story and we're done. Over 40 years ago, <clears throat> my grandparents lived in Lafayette. Um, most of you don't know my grandparents. Some of y'all know my grandmother. But over 40 years ago, my grandparents were going to a church and a guy, a traveling evangelist came into their church and he was speaking at their church. And God spoke to my grandfather and said, you need to ask that guy if he's got a place to stay because he needs to live with you. So he leaned over my grandmother and said, hey, I think he needs a place to stay. And if he does, he needs to live with us. And she was like, that better be God, you know. <laughs> so after it was over, they went and met with him and said, do you have a place to stay? And he's, no, not really. And they said, well, you're, God told us you're going to live with us. So he moved in with them, and he started continually traveling, started a lot of his ministry in their living room, started a, a, a youth movement in the Lafayette area that started in my grandparents' living room. Every Friday night, they'd have all these youth over at their house, and he's just sharing Jesus with them. He starts traveling, going to schools, and going to conferences, and speaking all over. And I grew up knowing this man because he was just close to our family because he had lived with my grandparents for a season of time. 
1995, my grandparents were so proud because this guy had not only traveled all around the world, he was now preaching on the Billy Graham crusade. And they couldn't watch it, they had to record it on a VHS. Come on, I remember VHS back in the day, yeah. <clears throat> and so they're watching it on a VHS, crying, just seeing all that God's doing in his life, knowing that they had a part of that. That same week, my grandfather, my grandfather and my grandmother were having their anniversary. My grandfather had bought a special wedding ring for her. He went to the bank to go get money, went to the bathroom, and had a massive heart attack inside of the bathroom. Fast forward a number of years, and uh, my family was in a, in, a, in a disarray moment. My dad had left our family. It's the year of 1999 going into 2000. My dad had left our family. It was my graduating, my senior year. My world's turned upside down. And this man, who my grandparents had invested in and had loved, called my mother and said, I want you to tell Josh something. I want you to tell him that his dad's disobedience does not have to determine his destiny. And that if he needs anything, I'm here. Well, that year I moved to Lafayette to be with this man. Because he started a church in Broussard called Our Savior's Church. His name is Pastor Jacob. And here we are now, fast forward 18 years later. I'm the lead campus pastor of a church that he oversees. And I'm standing under the shade of a tree that my grandparents planted 40 years ago. You today are being impacted by the seed my grandparents sowed 40 years ago, and you don't know my grandmother. So here's the question. What seed will we plant as a church that 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago that our children may sit under? Because we were willing to sacrifice something in the present for what may impact people down the road that we may never see. Four years ago as a church, we planted a, a campus in Crowley. You don't go to that campus. You don't sit in those seats. But there are over 300 people that do because of you. And there are things I believe that we do on this planet that we will never know the impact of until we get to heaven. And I can't wait for all of you to meet my grandfather when we get to heaven and you can tell him thank you. You know, this is going to be a moment where people do that for us. So when we talk about legacy, I just want you to hear my heart. When we talk about legacy, it's not just for us. It's for what God wants to do through us. Are y'all with me? So Father, in this moment right now, God, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. Lord, many of us are in this room because someone else sowed into our lives. Someone else invested us. Maybe it was a parent or a grandparent or an aunt or an uncle or a friend. But many of us are where we are today because of somebody else. And we say thank you. We just have hearted gratitude for that. But God, the truth is, none of us would be in this room if it wasn't for you. Over 2,000 years ago, you planted the greatest seed and you came on this earth. You lived a life that we couldn't live and you died a death that we deserve to die. And you rose again and you conquered hell and you conquered sin and you made a way for us. 
And here we are thousands of years later and we are reaping the benefits of your son's legacy. And God, today we want to live a legacy. If you're here in this room and you don't know Jesus personally like that, I'm not talking about you haven't gone to church or a priest or a, a taken communion or even been baptized. I'm talking about like you just don't know Jesus personally. The Bible says if we would admit that we're sinners, believe that Jesus came, we confess that he's Lord, that he would come, forgive us, make us new. If you're here in this place, you've never had a relationship with Jesus. I want to pray for you today. On the count of three, I want you to just shoot your hands up. One, two, three. If that's you, all over this place. One, two, three. Awesome. 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 Father, right now, I pray over every person that's in this room. God, I thank you for those that raise their hand today that want to have a relationship with you. We thank you for Jesus and the grace and the mercy that he's given us. God, today, Lord, we bless these people. God, we receive your forgiveness. We receive your life. God, I pray, Lord, over your people today, God, that you would be with them. I pray that you would speak to them. God, I pray that you would, Lord, show them their purpose. Show them their purpose. Help them to discover all that you have. We pray this today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.